Hello, and welcome to the Real Happy Mom Podcast, the weekly podcast for moms to get inspiration, encouragement, and practical tips for this journey called motherhood. My name is Tony Ann, and you are listening to episode number 86. June 22nd is a very significant date. No, it's not my birthday. It's the day that the doors of the Real Happy Mom Tribe will be open. The Real Happy Mom Tribe is an online community for busy working moms who want to get clear on their values and priorities while setting up systems and routines to reduce the overwhelm and exhaustion in their life. Plus, I'm showing you how to use Trello, which is a project management tool to get your home and your life in order. The best part is there's monthly challenges that will help keep you motivated with real prices. How to shop in at Target or copy from Starbucks on MeSound. If you're ready to get your home life in tip-top shape, join me in the Real Happy Mom tribe. Go to realhappymom.com slash tribe to get on the wait list. Are you feeling burned out, stressed, worried all the time, or just losing sleep? These are some signs that it's time to check your boundaries. If you don't have firm boundaries at work and home, it's easy for people to get over on you and leave you drained and stretched thin. In this episode, my guest Rachel is going to talk about boundaries. She shares that everyone is trying to get their needs met, but this doesn't mean that you should give up on yours, and it's okay to want to have your needs and values. Rachel is a licensed clinical social worker, yoga instructor, and life coach, and she has worked with many women when it comes to boundaries. As moms, there's the societal pressure to sacrifice everything for our kids and be there anytime they need us. And this is just not true or fair. And we can be there for our kids all the time because that would just leave us burnt out. And this is why boundaries are so important. We have to learn how to say no and have firm boundaries. So make sure you stay tuned and check out this episode for tips for maintaining your boundaries at work and home so that you can avoid burnout and unnecessary stress. But before we jump into this episode, it is time for our mommy win. This is when a mom shares a win that she's had during the week. It could be anything big or small. So let's hear about this week's win. Allison Eggberg and my Instagram handle is Allison J Eggberg. And my mommy win is definitely that my daughter started the last few days um, using uh, a tool that I have uh, to express her uh, emotions. She's five years old, and that tool is that she expresses how she feels through the colors of balloons. So it's like, Mommy, I feel like a black balloon right now. I'm really mad. And I think it's just a fun way for her and I to communicate back and forth with one another in a different way um, and let her really express all of her emotions, which we need to do. And I got this tip from one of my experts um, in the mom movement at jointhemommovement.com. So thanks so much and good luck with all your mommy wins. Allison, I think that is an awesome win. I love that she's able to express her emotions that way. Now, if you are listening and you would like to be featured on the Real Happy Mom podcast, all you have to do is go over to Instagram and follow me at Real Happy Mom. Then you want to go over to the DMs and there is a microphone on the lower right hand side. You want to press and hold that microphone, then tell me your name, your IG handle, what you do, and how you are winning. It doesn't have to be anything big. It could be something totally small. I only want to celebrate with you. Now that we have that out of the way, let us jump into this week's episode. 
All right. So we have Rachel on today and I am super pumped to talk about this topic of boundaries. So Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited and honored to be here. Yes, definitely excited to have you as well. Now, Rachel, before we get into our topic today about boundaries, I just wanted you to share a little bit about you. Give us some background on you and your business. Yeah. So my business is called The Grounded Therapist. I'm a therapist. I'm a licensed clinical social worker in Connecticut, where I live with my family. And um, we work. I work with women primarily in their 30s to decrease anxiety, to manage worry, doubt, imposter syndrome, anything that sort of eats away uh, with women in their professional sort of lives or in their 30s is where I come in. So boundaries is a perfect topic for that. Oh, yes, definitely. And I think it's one that we need to talk about a little bit more. Um, And especially since you have seen this so much with your experience, seeing that a lack of boundaries in particular um, leads to other problems that can snowball into our life. So I just want you to talk to us about what it means to have boundaries and what kind of problems can develop if we don't have firm boundaries. Yeah. So both in our professional and our personal lives, they there can be impacts sort of across the board because sort of like stress, um, our poor boundaries are interrelated, right? We can bring them from home into work and from work into our home. So they kind of cross over into all the parts of our lives. And I was doing some research, you know, knowing we were going to be talking about this subject. And there's always a debate about like how many types of boundaries there are, but really it boils down to emotional, physical time energy boundaries and mental or sort of intellectual and then material, which is not one I had really heard of before, but I guess it's sort of like thinking about my kid, right? Like our stuff, if people borrow it or break our things. So I'm okay with that one. So it's, it's between five and six types of boundaries that really exist. Yeah. And when you're saying material, I was like, "Mm -hmm, I know about that one (laughs) because I do have people that like to take my stuff and not return it. So I totally agree with you on that. Okay. So I think, yeah, that one falls into it. And so we can see where, and this can be generational, right? So if we were raised by people with poor boundaries, that bleeds over. Women, especially are societally sort of pressured to have less boundaries because we're supposed to be the caretakers and we're supposed to be available and ready for whatever people like emotional labor is supposed to be. And so it's even harder sometimes for us to say no and turn something down, uh, let alone if you're a business owner or, you know, a mom, right? All of these different layers of expectations are added onto us. So boundaries, I feel like are doubled down upon, especially for women. So it's really important to be able to say your no in the way that you want, that you feel comfortable with based on your values. Yes, definitely. And something just came to mind to me, Rachel, when you were just talking about that, about having some people having less boundaries, but what about the opposite end of the spectrum where people have too many boundaries and they use that as an excuse for, you know, their self-care or whatever other issues they may be trying to cover up. Have you seen that too as well? Uh, yeah, mostly I see the other side, but yeah, as you're pointing that out, yeah, uh, too many boundaries, man, I feel like that's a rare, (laughs) more on the rare side and like good for that person. (laughs) I feel like it can be a way to keep yourself safe. You're right. Um, and definitely there's balance, right? Like anything that I teach and work on is to find balance, which is like the middle path, right? The middle ground between two extremes. 
So, uh, right, to no boundaries, to too many boundaries, uh, we always want to kind of aim for the middle. But in my experience, I run into and work with clients who really have poor boundaries. I have poor boundaries. Gotcha, gotcha. And out of those five, six um, different types of boundaries, which one would you say is the most popular one that women in particular have a hard time with? Oof, it's probably four, four out of six. Four out of six. I would say emotional, physical, uh, time, energy, and intellectual, right? Because, and I could think of examples for all of them. And just thinking about the you know, current state of affairs, like women get, I shouldn't laugh about these things, but we get oppressed in our own space, right? Like I'm from New York City originally. I can't even count on two hands the number of times my physical space, my body has been, like my boundaries have been broached by total strangers because then mm-hmm. there's nothing I could do about it in a packed train car, right? It's just sort of like the price of admission for living in New York is people are going to be in your space and potentially touch you inappropriately and you won't be able to do anything about it. So it happens all over the place in all different kinds of ways. But I think those are the ones. I wonder about material. It's probably all of them now that I all think about them. it, okay. um, right? People steal our ideas, right? That's mm-hmm. an intellectual or mental one. People invade our space, take our time. They uh, try to convince us we should be nicer. We need to smile or, you know, we should be kinder all the time and please everybody, right? So it sort of crosses all of them. Yeah. Now that you say that, I do see it all now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, boundaries at home in particular with our children can be challenging. Um, and I think that was one that we started to get to talk about, but I just wanted to know about how we could have boundaries with our kids, especially when it comes to managing the mom guilt that comes with it. Oh yeah. And that's a powerful force, right? Oh yes. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm a mom too. I have a three-year-old who's napping right now as we're speaking. And um, it's, this is many, many layers to that too, right? Again, it goes into the societal pressures of moms are supposed to be these amazing caretakers and available for their children and sacrifice everything to make sure their children have what they want, which is not accurate, true or fair. So we have to remember that we're role models first and foremost. Like we keep our kids safe. We keep our kids fed and as healthy as we can, right? With germs and daycare and all of those things. But we have to be models to them that it's okay to say no. It's okay to say, I cannot do this for you right now. And even though the mom guilt will come up, you could say, you know, I hear you mom guilt. Totally. Except I am not the Stepford wife from this made up past that never really existed. And I'm not always available. I cannot be available to my child 24 hours a day. I need sleep. I need to eat too. I need to rest. I need to work. I need to, I don't know, take care of another child or do the laundry or do the dishes or whatever your responsibilities are in your house and then in your home life. You can't be available to everybody all the time because then you're going to be useless to your child and to your family because you're going to be burnt out. So boundaries really help prevent that. And if you could think about it from a role model perspective, I think that can really ease the guilt. Because you are showing that it's okay to say no, that it's okay to take your care of yourself. It's okay to put yourself first sometimes because then your kids will learn that too. And that could be really relieving. Yes, definitely. I'm totally with you on the the role model aspect because that is one thing that I'm trying to show my son. And it's funny that you say that because they really do pick up on 
what you do and how you act. And I notice when I start getting all extra busy, quote unquote, um, they start to do it too. Cause I have my little one, the three-year-old tell me, Oh mommy, I'm busy. I was like, Oh, like, where did we get that from? So, um, definitely modeling the, um, the boundaries I think is huge for us as moms and as parents. I, I like the way that you say how, you know, being the role model helps with the, the whole guilt part, because I think that is the problem. I feel like with moms, we feel like we have to be there for them for everything. And if we're not, then we're not a good mom and we didn't do enough. We didn't spend enough time and the list goes on. But, but like you said, we're, we're being that role model and I love how you put that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's something I, I do not have it all figured out, right? I run my own business. I own my private practice where I do my work. And sometimes that comes home with me when I was working in community mental health and I wasn't in charge of anything, <laughs> nothing came home with me, right? You know, I was a little bit more present and I was a little bit more available and a little less stressed. And so that shifted. And definitely my kid says, oh, I got to go to work now. And I have meetings, mommy, and like tries to type and stuff. And it's really adorable. But yeah, they pick up everything. And so so the time piece is really important too, because you want to make sure you're present for them when you're with them. So I have like a big, I turn my phone over and put it in another room so I can concentrate on the time that I'm spending with her. And then I do check back at my phone to make sure nothing pressing for my business has happened. And there's definitely a cutoff time we've established in our house, which is probably like from dinner time to bedtime is mm. no, no phones because then it's just going to distract me and I'm not on calls. So if there's no, there's no emergency thing that's going to happen that I can't handle it like eight o'clock at night instead, if there really was a crisis. Um, so we, it's just about figuring out what works for you and your family and remembering they are sponges. So whatever you're role modeling is going to come out and you know, you're allowed to be wrong too. Like I've definitely looked at my phone too often with my kid, right? And it's something I'm constantly aware of and course correcting. And, you know, my husband and I check in with each other and we'll notice if we get sucked into our phones or screens and we're not being present with our, with our kid. A little easier on the weekends when less stuff is going around, but it's just being mindful and, you know, of course, correcting as things go on. Do you ever notice that there's like certain signs or certain things that are going on that let us know that, okay, maybe my boundaries aren't as good as I thought they were, whether at home or at work. And especially since you had mentioned earlier about those different types of boundaries. So I was just wondering if there's any behaviors or any feelings or emotions that come up when our boundaries do start to get a little loose and not oh, as yeah. strong. Absolutely. Burnout is a big one. And, it, you know, as humans, we're really bad at noticing things until like they're on fire or they're blinking bright lights, like a siren behind it. Like if we're driving, right, you don't like <laughs> see the cop car until it's too late, right? They're like get, trying to get you out of the way. We're really bad at paying attention to the small things. So it's about building some awareness. So you notice it before the extremes, but I always teach my clients, like you're going to notice the extreme first. And then as you build the skill of awareness, you're going to notice it earlier and earlier so you can prevent it. But if you're burnt out, if you're stressed, if you are not sleeping, if you are worrying all the time, you are in a sort of over overdrive. And then you got to reel things back and start saying no to things that really aren't important, that really take up too much time, that aren't really valuable or meeting your own values and expectations. Big extremes is a good way to notice. Gotcha. And then you were saying with, it comes with awareness and being more aware of things. So is that something that we as moms could do like on a daily basis, like think back, okay, you know, what is going on? What am I doing? Like, how would you help us um, moms in particular who are noticing the burnout and the stress right now? 
Yeah. Uh, you could just do a couple things. Um, I like a body scan. So okay. scanning from the top of your head, right? Like you could even place your hand on top of the crown of your head and start from there and you can squeeze and release and you could go like painfully slow down to your toes, your whole body and take like a full hour. If you're, you know, a busy mom, you could do it for 10 minutes, set an alarm or a timer and start at the crown of your head. And the big places to notice are your forehead, your eyebrows, your jaw, your shoulders, maybe your arms, chest, stomach, pelvis, legs, right? So thighs, shins, calves, and toes. Like are your toes curled? Are your fingers clenched? I notice I've got like a lot of big projects going on this week and my right hand is clenched in a fist all the time. (laughs) Big signal, right? Like I am really stressed out. And so I have to kind of manage that or ask for help. Like, hey, I'm really stressed out. Someone tell me to calm down, right? Like my husband's a really good, he knows me so well. He'll be like, I know you're stressed. And I'm like, how do you even know that? So having a good, reliable partner, that's really nice. And if you don't have that, that's okay too, right? You can check yourself and doing an exercise like a body scan just to notice points of tension. If you're uh, getting really angry or resentful for no reason, you're like, wow, why am I so mad? Because like this plate fell on the floor. Like that happens all the time in my house. It shouldn't be a big deal. But like, if it's a really big deal, like there's a big change, something's up. So Mm. just sort of noticing your reactions, your physical experience, that could be a really good indicator. And if you're checking in with yourself, you'll sort of notice those shifts throughout the months and weeks of life. I like that, the the body scan, because I totally forgot about that. I remember hearing about it a long time ago when I used to do it. And it's funny because, like you said, the shoulders, that's where I hold everything. It's right there in my shoulders. And I remember one time it got so bad that I couldn't even, um, well, it went up from my shoulders up to my neck and I couldn't turn my head without it being super painful. And it was all from just being super duper stressed and just so uptight from all the things that were going on at work. And so I love the body scan because as soon as I start feeling that, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, uh-oh, something's going on. Like, I need to stop. So I'm glad you reminded me about doing the body scan. Good. I'm so glad. Yeah. It's it's because again, sometimes it's like we're so busy and going through the motions that you might not notice like the thoughts in your head are, oh, I'm really stressed out. I'm really mad. And what am I thinking about? And my to-do list and all the thoughts that might come by, sometimes the external thing can be really easier to notice because you can look down at your hand and go, oh, my hand's in a fist. Why? (laughs) Like that must mean something. Or my shoulders are really hurting. Like what's up with that? So sometimes that physical reminder is a really good way to check your internal experience as well. Yes, yes, yes. Now, Rachel, (laughs) I have a few scenarios I want to go through because um, I know some of the moms listening may be like, oh, well, that sounds good, but I'm I'm good with the boundaries. But I have some of these um, scenarios that I got from some moms that want to do better about boundaries. So I just wanted to go through some of these ways that, or some scenarios rather, and how we can do better about setting up better boundaries in these different scenarios. So are you up for that? Oh yeah, let's do it. All right. So the first one is my husband always allows his family to come over unannounced. And so now I am irritated because I feel like I can't walk around the house however I feel like. And I always have this feeling that somebody might show up unexpectedly. So help us with that one. 
Oof. Okay. I'm, I'm having a hard time with that. (laughs) I don't like that at all. I don't like that. That would be hard for me too. So couple things. Um, one's like, what's going on there? Is that a thing your husband has a problem with or your husband's family? Like there's some questions Mm -hmm. because that's in therapy. It's what we do. We break it down with questions. So you're having the other person's having a problem with that uh, open invitation. So one, do they have a key? Because like maybe lock your doors to buy you a little bit of time. I would encourage that person to express to their husband that this is really making you uncomfortable because of the reasons listed, which are super okay. You should be comfortable walking around in your house in whatever outfit or comfort, you know, level of makeup and all that that you prefer because it's your home. So how can that be expressed to the other members of the family in a from a compassionate and kind way, especially because there's going to be some reeling back, right? Like working back some of the rules and maybe it's, there needs to be a 10 minute warning, right? Like Mm. fine, you're allowed to come over whenever you want, but you need to give me 10 minutes so I can like put curlers in and like put my clothes on. I have no idea. Get out of the shower, right? Because that buys you some time. You can probably, I imagine there's some discomfort of saying no with that part of the family is my guess at a big distance. So what's going on there and how can that need be met? Or is, you know, maybe the husband can be available to hang with the family in one part of the house, but the other person doesn't necessarily have to be the entertainer. You can Mm -hmm. hide out in your room, hide out in your closet, hide in your bathroom, (laughs) right? Like you can avoid the situation until you're comfortable because you can express that boundary. And you also put the responsibility on the husband to say, hey, if this is what you want, One, let's try and say no. Let's try the 10 minute warning thing. Or maybe you have to give us like 24 hour heads up. If that's not going to work, then it's maybe a respect within the relationship that just because your family came over doesn't mean I'm coming down to hang out with them because I have other things I need to do or priorities or relaxation time. So I'm going to hang in a different part of the house or get in my car and leave, right? So it's sort of figuring out the comfort between the members of the family and the partners in this relationship uh, to set the boundaries and decide what's going to work for everybody. Oh, yes, that is really good. You brought up a lot of really good things. One, well, I knew you were probably going to tell me I need to talk to my husband, but I, I like the 10 minute warning. That That's a good one. And right? then, because it doesn't have to be extreme. But yeah, like, you know, make sure your face is put together if that's what you want. Right? It's not my prep. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. Whatever you want to do, get your clothes on. Don't be naked. Right? You know. Yeah. Advise yeah. And then also just, you know, saying like, hey, this is what you want to do. You entertain them. I'm going to go over here and relax in the other room. So I like that. I like that a lot. That makes me feel better. Good. But even though I don't have this problem. <laughs> sure, sure. That no, makes me feel better too. Right? Yes. And every relationship is so different. So there's not like a black and white clear answer for everything, but it's about figuring out how everyone can get their needs met. And again, mm-hmm. it's that middle thing, right? That's where the family can come over, but I'm not going to entertain anybody, right? It's a good compromise until you're ready, right? And like finding where within each relationship the boundaries can be set. Yes, definitely. Now let's move to the next scenario I have here. So my boss is asking me to work on another project with a deadline that's going to cause me to have to stay late at work every day for the rest of this week. And I don't want to work late because I know I'm going to end up missing date night and some of the kids' events. So how can I communicate that I don't want the additional project without looking like I'm not a team player? 
Yeah. And we're, oh, that's great. Cause we're work scenarios are a little bit challenging because there's a little bit more risk mm-hmm. <laughs> involved in a way, depending on how comfortable you are in your work environment, but still the sort of same rules applies as finding, finding some balance. So it's about acknowledging like, okay, I hear that we have a new thing that came up. Uh, lots of questions again. So like, how come there's only a week's notice about this like important thing that has a very short-term deadline? Is there a system problem going on? Is there a communication problem going on at your office? Maybe noticing some systems that could not because of this project, but down the road need to be addressed clearly within wherever you're working. Then it's about communicating your needs, right? Like I hear that there's a new thing that needs to be accomplished with this quick turnaround time. So you acknowledge what you've heard and you can say you, you would be happy to be supportive of this, but you need to do some things at home. There are also priorities. So then you offer some options and some choices to the person who's asking you this, right? So you acknowledge and validate like, oh no, this thing came up and it's really important for our job to get this thing completed. It's going to take time. And then the options that you can offer based around your needs and values are going to be something like, you know, I can help with these three things that I can manage during my business hours or like staying an hour late versus two or three hours late. Who else is really good at those things and identify some other people that can be maybe pulled into part of a team so that the workload could be shared or maybe some projects, you know, I'm a big fan of redirection. So it's like, Mm -hmm. let's look at the shiny thing over here because at least you're acknowledging what the boss, I'm assuming is a boss or some higher up person, a manager is requesting of you. And you're trying to be a team player while also not being the only person who's suddenly responsible for this thing that's going to take up all of your time. So it's expressing your needs too, right? By honoring the other person's needs because that manager is trying to get their needs met while you're trying to get your needs met and their needs met. So it's a lot of juggling. So it's definitely important to validate the other person's needs while expressing your own very clearly, calmly, and assertively, right? That's a balance between Mm -hmm. passive and aggressive is this beautiful place called assertive. I'm teaching that to my daughter right now where she gets really upset (laughs) when people like take her toys at school or things happen and she just starts to cry. So we're working on like her power of voice so she can say clearly as she gets upset, you know, don't take my toys, please don't invade my space. So she can communicate to her little friends, but also be upset because that's super okay, right? So it's finding that beautiful assertive middle ground where you have your power voice, but also getting your needs met while acknowledging other people's. Yeah, and Rachel, you brought up something here because this is one thing I think it's hard as women in the workforce about expressing our our For feelings. Sure. <laughs> Oh, it's so in a, hard. In a way that's clear without it either coming off in one of two ways. It's super emotional or on the total opposite end where you're kind of biachi. So that's, that's why yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. this one's a tricky one for us. So if Absolutely. you can help us with that, that would be awesome. Yeah. And that's why I like assertive because, and you know, if someone's going to view you as you know, biachi and bossy, which is what code that's bossy is code for the same thing, right? That's mm-hmm. like women in the workplace nonsense. Um, and men don't get treated the same way. And it's just how it is. It's not okay. I don't approve of this at all. But a lot of the times that's the dynamics that we run into in the workplace. So it's about being a team player and acknowledging that you want to be a team player. You want to be supportive and help the company achieve this goal, but you're not going to do it alone and you're not going to take it on all of it completely as a whole project. You're going to develop a team so that everyone suffers equally, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) If three or four people can work on it, why not? Right. And you address people's like, Oh, 
Dan is so good at IT stuff. So like, why don't we get him to do that? I will contribute these three things. And let's get Sally from accounting to do the math because I don't do math. That's why I'm a therapist. (laughs) Numbers are not my strength, right? But like pulling in other people so that it can equally be distributed out. So it's not you staying homely and missing everything that you had planned on in your personal life. Yeah. Now, it's coming from someone like me who is the the one that's typically given the direction and um, given correction to at work as well. So I find, especially being a woman, that I can say the same thing as my male counterparts. And I am like, oh, she's so mean. It must be that time of the month. But when the male counterpart says it, it's just like, okay. And they go off and they do whatever has been asked. So I don't know if there is a way that maybe I need to change the the tone of my voice, maybe. I don't know. Because I feel like I'm pretty easy to get along with. But when I'm asking you to do something, I'm not going to, you know, laughing kiki with you. I'm going to, you know, we got to get business done. So I don't know if there is a middle ground for that to kind of help with that. Cause I know I'm not the only one that struggles with this. This is like a common problem with female dentists. Like this is what we complain about the most. <laughs> so you that can give us so some help. This would be good. Yeah. yeah. Oh yes. Yes. I'm thinking about it. I mean, it, again, it all comes back to like, who else can you pull in? And that one, let's just, that sucks. That just sucks. And that is something that women in particular face in the workplace. Uh, is that their male counterparts you know, will be paid more, will not be labeled in a negative way, right? They'll be empowered and lifted up for saying no versus women will absolutely be put down and lose promotions over this stuff. So the stats are not working with us, but I think it's about being assertive and consistent, right? Because the okay. minute you let that boundary come down, now you're the person who will do that thing or will stay late or will offer these extra things. Um, I imagine that race plays a role and being a white woman in Connecticut, right? Like I think there are probably layers that I wouldn't be able to address based on my privilege. So just like putting that out there that there might be layers that I can't necessarily address in my therapy, but I would aim for the middle ground, just being consistently assertive and consistently calm and compassionate. As long as you're acknowledging the other person's needs while honoring your own values and expressing the redirection of like, you know, who's really good at this, not me, this other person to try and pull them in. I would hope it could share the balance, especially over time. Because if people are used to getting one over on you and like, you're always going to be the one who stays late. So you're constantly going to be the one who's asked to stay late potentially over time boundaries shift, but it's not always an immediate thing. I like that being assertive and consistent because that is, I think, a really good combination that we need to have. And then, Mm -hmm. like you said, to being calm and compassionate as well. I think I could probably do better about that. (laughs) Right. Because if you're coming from like a resentful, angry place, right, that comes through, right? So mm -hmm. it's coming from a place of, right, acknowledging that, right, anyone who's asking you to do something is getting their needs met. And right, like, just like a, I always, everything boils down to dogs and toddlers for me, right? Like, so (laughs) my kid clearly wants something. Thing, right? Like toddlers want something. They have a need, even when they're melting down, even when they're being the worst and when they're being the best, <laughs> right? My kid turns on the charm. She is so cute and charming, but she's trying to get her needs met. And people that can't, you know, people cave into her all the time because she's super cute. <laughs> and mm-hmm. me being her parent, I see right through that. And I'm a therapist as well. So I'll be like, yeah, yeah, I, I see it. You are adorable. And I love you so much. But 
it's not the time for that, or you cannot mm-hmm. have that at this time. This is not the routine, right? Like whatever the, the boundary is, it's going back to that. But she's going to try and get her needs met, just like your boss is going to try and get their needs met. It doesn't mean that your needs suddenly disappear because the other person has needs. Everyone has needs all the time. Yes, that is super important. I didn't even think about it like that, that everyone has needs that they're trying to get met. I like that. Yeah. And uh, a lot of times the code word for that is manipulation. Right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're manipulating me to do like toddlers are pro manipulators, as is my adorable dog, right? All my kids are really, really cute. And my dog will just bat his eyes and put his paws on you and look at you like, look, I'm so adorable. I was a rescue. Like, please do this for me. And, you know, my heart melts. But then I have to be like, well, no, we just took you out for a walk. <laughs> like, we're not yeah. going out again. <laughs> right? It's He's trying to get his needs met. My daughter's trying to get her needs met. My clients, right? Your bosses, whoever insurance companies, they're trying to get their needs met, but that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean you should give up yours. It's just finding that middle ground. Yes. Yes. I love it. Love it. Now I got one more scenario for you. So this one is, there is a lady at my church that loves to talk to my husband and touch him whenever she is talking to him. Mm. And if she touches my husband one more time, I think it's going to be a problem for me because I can't stand to see another woman touching my husband like that. So how can I let her know that what she's doing is inappropriate or maybe I need to let my husband know so that he can stop it? Yeah. Okay. Many layers there too. Oh, I'm uncomfortable (laughs) just thinking about all of this. I would have a hard time too. So yeah, before, right. Cause there's two people the, in, in that dynamic. It's not the person who's telling the story, right? It's the husband and this other woman. It's like, what is that about? And I, I would start with the, encouraging your husband to say, you know, and also, does he think it's straight? Like, I would have a conversation of just like, do you think that's a boundary cross? Because from where I'm sitting, I have a big problem with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even checking in with yourself, like, what's up with this lady? You might want to meet her with some compassion because maybe something's going on with her, right? It's like, if you choose compassion, sometimes that can like really relieve that like resentful anger that I hear like boiling up in the person. Like maybe something's really up with this person. Then I would have a conversation with your husband. And again, it's like a calm time. It's not like Mm -hmm. after a really hard day, this is not the time to talk about it. It's in a calm, compassionate thing of, I love you. We go to church together to do this like really nice thing together and be spiritual and be present with each other. And then I see this interaction and it makes me really uncomfortable. Would you mind asking her to take a step back, do not touch your arm, right? Like maybe he can calmly communicate that. And then after that conversation, I would step it up to the two of the people that are in the relationship to address the woman if she doesn't let go or step back, whatever that is. But also it would be really embarrassed. I would imagine being really embarrassed if like mm-hmm. a woman walked up to me because she was uncomfortable what I was doing in front of everybody. So it'd be a private conversation, not in the moment because that's all hot fire happening, right? And emotions and come to a better agreement <laughs> when we're calm and being assertive, right? Because she's yes. getting her need, right? If you think about it from the needs, like she's getting maybe some attention, maybe some others, like maybe she's got something else going on. I don't know what's going on there, but <laughs> coming from a place of compassion and then talking to your husband and maybe having him calmly try it before the two of you get into it. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I'm hearing this common theme song of of calm and compassion and assertive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. And, you know, again, like easier said than done. It's not, I lose my cool sometimes. I'm not a perfect saint person. Um, But if you can try to get there 
and like let that happen from a calm, compassionate place, you will get so much more done than from stress and overwhelm. And maybe like it's all chemicals and adrenaline when you're mm-hmm. like in the moment. I think about having an argument with your partner or your boss, like it's no one can hear the other person in an argument. You're just venting and like shooting chemicals out at each other, right? It's like adrenaline and norepinephrine and all these different things are happening in your body, some serotonin too. It's no one's listening. Everyone's on the defense and it's just stuff flying out versus like a planful, mindful, calm conversation. So if you yes. can get there, it, so much more will be accomplished than from a you know hot, angry place. Yes, definitely. And when you were talking about that, it reminded me of how I've learned to calm down with my kids because now I'm pretty good like with a like crying kid, like my kids can cry and I'm not phased by it. Now, when they start crying and throwing themselves everywhere and hitting things, that's when I lose my cool. (laughs) Sure. And by they're gone too, right? Like they can't Mm -hmm. hear you at that point, right? Like they are just balls of emotions and chemicals too. So like you can let that ride out and like walk Mm -hmm. away because nothing's happening until they calm down. And you could try and just like hold their hand and it's probably a little awkward with adults, but right. It's just like knowing what's really happening is they can't hear you. Their need is met and they are like beyond a place where anything good is going to come out of that. So like letting that ride and trying to calm down and catching it earlier and earlier before the tantrum, before the big fight, before, you know, this lady's touching your husband, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be, it's easier to deal with it from a calm and compassionate place. Cause then you could be clear with your needs mm-hmm. and find some other resources, right? So like, yeah. again, that redirection of like this other person would be so much better to ask to stay late this week, <laughs> right? Like yes. so you'll get there because you're, you're calm and you could think through a solution or the other piece is like buying time. I'm a really big fan of, you know, I, I lease an office. And so I have tenants in addition to clients and in addition to family, in addition to my business. And if people catch me off guard, I will, I'm very prone to being like, yeah, okay. Cause I try to like be again, calm and like laid back about most things, but people will take advantage of that or try to like catch me off guard on purpose because they know I'll probably say yes versus mm-hmm. at other times when I'm like being more present. And so if I can say, oh, well, you know, on Thursdays we have a meeting, we'll talk about that. I'll bring that up. Or like, you know, can I sleep on that? Cause I really got to think about it. Right. It buys you some time to really like be in the moment where you can be assertive or maybe you're really tired or you're in the middle of a project and you can't really like meet the need or do the thing that's being asked of you. If you can buy some time, right? Walk away from your kids who are like flailing around on the floor, like uh, walk away. Mm-hmm. They'll get it, right? They'll get it. If you do it three or four times, like, oh, this doesn't get my needs met. I'm going to stop doing this because oh, nothing yeah. happens, right? Nothing good happens and nothing bad happens. Cause some people like the lady touching the husband's arm, they fuel from negative attention, right? Like watching, getting yelled at is still attention, mm-hmm. both for adults and kids. So depending on what's going on, that like it's more about like a neutral response of like, I'm just going to walk away because no one's getting yelled at, no one's getting more attention and no one's getting like they're the thing that you're like, oh, okay, fine, I'll just give you the sugar, right? Like I'll just give you this toy because that's the need getting met with a terrible behavior. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. And the only way that I will tell you, Rachel, that I'm able to stay calm, my mom taught me this one. So I give her a shout out for this one. I asked her, I was like, I don't know how you did it. Like with three kids, like what, what did you do? And she just laughed and told me to count 10. <laughs> and so that's what I do. That works a lot. too, of course. And yep. just, just pause and stop because um, I remember talking to another lady on the podcast and she was just saying, you know, 
you want to make sure that you're you're in the right frame of mind, like you're not acting out in anger and things like that, because 99% of the time when you act out in anger, you usually do or say things that you regret. And yeah. I'm finding that to be very true. So just either, like you said, walking away or just pausing for a second and then responding saves me so much than if I was just to react right then and there. Absolutely. Yeah. And like taking counting to 10 and taking a breath that helps too, because it brings down all of like the chemical responses that are happening. Cause it's, we're really unaware of all the things that go on internally. And it's like part of what's happening is you're getting stressed out, right. And mm-hmm. your tension's building up in your body and chemicals are starting to flow. And so if you take a breath and count to 10, that can really slow you down. Yeah. I think that's great. Way to go mom. Thanks. So Rachel, you've given us a lot of really helpful tips and advice, and especially with the scenarios on how we can better handle things and have more boundaries. But I just want to know if there was anything else that we didn't get to discuss in regards to boundaries that can help us moms that you wanted to touch on. Uh, I'm just reviewing my notes. I think we covered all of it, but I just want to do kind of go through those steps one more time just to make sure they're clear for everybody. So it's about first and foremost, like remembering your values and your needs are absolutely okay, right? It is okay to want to go home and be with your kid or your partner to go on date night, right? Like that is an okay thing to want. And so if you come from a place of confidence that like your needs are super okay, then it's so much easier to communicate the boundaries. When you start to doubt that, like, oh, well, maybe my kid isn't that important. Maybe date night isn't really a big deal if I miss it this time. It's, it's okay. I want you to want that. You have a permission slip permanently from me to say that those are okay things. And then expressing, right, reflecting back what you heard. Okay, we have a really big project. Okay, my daughter really wants this toy or needs this thing, right? Like I hear your request. I hear you want to stay up an hour later. I hear that we have this project coming and there's some deadlines. It sounds like you really think this is important, right? Acknowledging the other person's feelings and then clearly expressing yours. Like I hear we have this project. However, my child is doing a performance this week, so I can't stay late, right? Expressing your needs and then either buying time, like let me sleep on it and talk to my husband about the thing. Let me, we have a meeting later in the week where we can discuss this, buying some time or offering other people or options so that the person doesn't, who's asking you for the thing that you're being asked of, doesn't feel like you're ignoring them. Like, here are some other options. Here are some choices. I can stay late tonight but that's it. So I can get what I can get done and pass it on to the team. Or I, you know, I'm going on my date night tonight. So she'll be like, we need a babysitter. We don't have a second babysitter who, cause the first one can't show up, like finding the choices and the options in that scenario and remembering that your values are super important. Okay. To have. Definitely. And thank you so much for going back over that again, because it is so important. I think the the values part is <laughs> the thing that I really just want to make sure all of us moms here is our values and priorities are important. And I want to make sure that they hear that and know that it is okay to yes. value oh, certain sorry. things. Yes. One more thing. So the other piece is when you set boundaries, the other thing you're going to start to realize is people around you have terrible boundaries because it's not just (laughs) you, lots of people. And they're going to react when people set boundaries, there's going to be a reaction because if they're used to getting what they want and suddenly they're not just like a toddler, an adult will start to get upset. And so just remember that that's not about you. That is about their stuff, right? It has nothing to do with you. 
they wanted you to do what they wanted you to do and you're not doing it. So of course mm-hmm. there's going to be a reaction, but I try to think of it as a lesson of like, Oh, you do not have healthy boundaries. So it's not just me, right? I'm saying no, which is super okay and appropriate. You're losing your mind now. That's interesting. You have some stuff to work on, right? You should call Rachel and help her figure it out. So, <laughs> yes. Right. So it'll, it will be starting. It'll start to reveal what other people's things are. And then you can start to remember that it's really not about you. Whatever's going on with them is coming up. So that can be really freeing too, is that it yeah. probably has nothing to do with you. And you're, you're doing like a secret test to learn that other people around you have terrible boundaries. Yes, I like that. Thank you, Rachel, for that. And thank you for, mm-hmm. for reminding us to, to send them over to you when we realize mm-hmm. they got boundary issues. <laughs> <laughs> so Rachel, before we sign off, I just wanted you to give us either a quote or words of encouragement for us moms. Yes. So one of my, you know, um, I don't know, I'm a child of the 80s. So I watched Dirty Dancing a lot as I got older. And so <laughs> in that movie, as we we're thinking about boundaries, I was realizing this quote is so important that um, Johnny, right? Um, the Is it Patrick Swayze's character? He tells Jennifer Grey that she keeps, as they're practicing their dance moves, she keeps stepping on his toes. And he says, this is my dance space, period. This is your dance space, period. I don't go into yours. You don't go into mine, right? It's like four sentences, super clear. Like, don't step on my toes. These are my boundaries. These are yours. And then we'll keep our physical space, our emotional space, our time, energy, mental, material, emotional, all separate. I think that's really, really key. Plus there's, you know, a great visual of the two of them dancing and like being adorable and sexy. So (laughs) absolutely. Well, thank you for that, Rachel. Now, where can we find you online if we want to learn more about you in your business? Yeah, my website is groundedtherapist.com and that's grounded like your parents grounded you and you got in trouble. So grounded therapist. I also have a free Facebook group called Uncaged with Rachel and um, I'm going to be launching some courses in April and May. So stay tuned for that. And if you join my Facebook group, you'll be able to access those really soon. Yes, definitely. And I'll make sure to include everything in the show notes. So Rachel, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all this with us. I really appreciate it. And it really has been awesome talking to you. Thank you so much. I had so much fun. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Real Happy Mom podcast. To find the links mentioned in this episode, head over to realhappymom.com slash 86. And make sure to check out episode number 74, where Rachel is talking about how to manage your stress during uncertain times. If you want to hear more great tips. And if you love the Real Happy Mom podcast, you can show your love by taking a screenshot of you listening to this episode and put it in your Insta story and make sure to tag me. Together, we can help share the message and step into our best and authentic self so that we can be real happy moms. Also, another way to show your love is by giving me a rating and review, and I hope it's a five star. Just go ahead and do that wherever you're listening to this episode, and I will be forever grateful. All right, now I will check back with you again next week for another episode. Talk to you then with lots of love.